You seem hungry. Good thing your table is ready with Fatterday Omaha. Fatterday Omaha. Eat this. The cuffs are up. It's like TJ's ready to forecast a hurricane coming in. There's there's no sleeves. Forget rolling up your sleeves. There's just no sleeves or very short sleeves. Well, Dave here. I'm out on location getting some pasta in this hurricane. The winds are really whipping up out here. The hail is repeating me on the head and my Mafalda is getting cold. And that's where we're going to start our show here on Saturday Omaha. That's right, Dave and TJ are back here on yet another episode, because it's always yet another after the first one. And TJ and I today are bringing a long-standing, I don't know, moderately standing? A while-standing restaurant that uh, we've we've had the owner, one of, and chef on the show, Piero Cotrina. And of course, Wendy Delgado being the other half of WD Cravings. But for some reason, maybe it's just because we like having Pierre on the show, we haven't done a, a food overview of WD Cravings yet, TJ. So I think it's about time we we make that happen. How are you feeling about that approach? I'm feeling pretty good. We're doing something unusual here, we and are. that's not having curious session specific tasty food Ooh. or getting the breakfast sandwiches which we'll get into uh-huh. this is uh, uh revealing some uh, some background here yes this is i think the third time i've had actual menu dinner food from wd whereas mm. i have very much lost count of the number <laughs> of times i've gotten breakfast sandwiches because I get out of work in the morning, and yeah. there's only so many places one can get short ribs at 8 a.m. Ooh, and, and we will definitely be talking about those because that's a great thing to do at uh, 8 a.m. And uh, as with any restaurant, do always check their socials and websites for current hours. But the location is definitely a fixed item, and you can find them at 7110 North 102nd circle. I think we definitely have to talk about the unique situation that is WD Cravings as far as the amazingness of what happens there. You just mentioned that you can get short ribs there at 8 a.m. and then the evening you can get in-house made pasta and we're going to dig into this but they have a drive-through. They have a dine-in spot which feels at once fancy and not And then you have Wendy's French Patissier there, so you can get French desserts and other things that are there. And there's a patio. There's a drive-thru. There's the inside. So there's, what, probably just maybe two tables on the outside. And you can look for the uh, WD orange-ish, peach-ish, white banner hanging out there. And then on the inside, I'm going to go for, mm, what do you think, Teach 10 tables, give or take a little bit? Maybe 12 with the back area. Does that sound about right? Give or take. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard for me to envision because I didn't, like, yeah. actually count. And sure. there's some different styles and some big tables and some small tables and then the super secret table in the back. Yes. <laughs> and when you walk in, the the first thing that you're going to uh, see when you open that door, you have the pastry case. There's all sorts of desserts there from cannolis to cakes to there was even a tiny apple pie when we were in this time. And then you order at the counter. They're preparing food, hot and fresh for you. So you walk in and the way it's laid out, you might think that it's I guess that fast casual model, and certainly you can get those desserts ready to go, or you can get, they do coffee and things there too. Those are just ready to hand over the counter. But when you get an entree, they are making chef magic happen in the kitchen right there for you. And of course, there's also that gigantic wheel of Grana Padano cheese, and we'll talk about that in a second. But you can also go through the drive-thru and get these things, but... Before we get to the food, there's an important thing that people need to know, TJ. The zip code is 68122. You thought we were going to get through an episode without a zip code. Okay, maybe you, know, you weren't I thinking had that, but, in you know. vain. But. <laughs> well, but dashed upon the rocks they are. That sounds like a delicious cocktail. It does, actually. Yeah. Yes. You know, well, a dash of something. Dash of a little bit of bitters. Maybe something. maybe the bitters on the rocks and then some type of whiskey or, or some other bourbon or, or whatever on, on top of there. That sounds good. But we've been discussing way too many cocktails today before the show. 
Yeah, you know, we've been discussing cocktails before the show, but we didn't drink any cocktails before the show. You do have well, a That's why we're still thinking about cocktails. <laughs> you do have a mason jar in your hand right now, but it is filled with a hydrating quantity of a whole lot of water and I happen to have a uh, a coffee over here with a little half and half. So, nary nary a cocktail for this. Yes, the Metropolitan Utilities District <laughs> finest uh shine shine, earth shine, dirt shine, <laughs> pipe shine. Pipe, pipe shine. I pipe like shine. that. Please put uh, pipe shine in the official Fatterday uh, glossary of terms as a new term for tap water. There it is. Let's talk about some food. I, I think we need to speak on these things. We've been there many times. We actually did uh, some pasta making with uh, Chef Piero there at, at one point and uh, taught us how to do what they do in the restaurant. And that is take raw ingredients, flour, and an egg and make noodles, and then take those two simple things and turn them into something that does not eat in a simple fashion in that it's greater than the sum of its parts. Flour and egg just sounds very, you know, simple two ingredients, but it becomes more than just that. Well, the the in-house made pasta, and I would encourage everyone who has not done it now that I have done it, to make your own pasta at least once or twice. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, just to become familiar with the with the language of pasta and the mm. process i've seen that uh, on a number of uh, of food blogs and such talking about the importance of a very clearly laid out recipe when talking about bread or pasta despite the fact that it's pretty easy to learn from someone who mm. already knows it because humidity and the amount of handling of flour you know sure. gluten production and all this kind of stuff plays into it. So it feels very natural when learning from someone who speaks the, and I quote, language of pasta or Ooh. language of bread mm -hmm. or in, uh, we will touch on this only briefly, but the amount of stuff you've been doing is not not something we have time to cover today. Oh. The language of pizza crust. Oh, yes. Uh, all, all of these things. So <laughs> if you uh, if if you learn from someone who already speaks that language, it becomes very clear and interesting. But the point here being that this exists, the language of pasta, and really thinking about the things that go into it, those multiple, a multiple-layered pasta where you're folding it over itself repeatedly, oh, yeah. which is common in making pasta, and... Now that we've done that, when I get my uh, my teeth on a yes. nice al dente piece of real scratch-made pasta, yep. and you bite into it, and you can feel those individual layers. Kind of your teeth going through them. Despite the fact that that is a relatively smooth and soft food stuff. Yes. It's not exactly a crack, but when you're no. aware of it, you can almost feel it like uh -huh. it is. Crack, 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 crack. The experience of a single piece of homemade pasta, when you are aware of that, is... Something to behold in and of itself. Something it really is. marvelous. With uh, you, you are you are now with your very adult foodie tastes. Ooh. transported back to your childhood where buttered noodles is plenty. Oh yes, that that's a really 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 valid point. I like that a lot. And you you got to the the layer element that I wanted to relay, and that's the thing is that the the food at WD you're getting this chef-driven food in such an approachable environment. And Wendy and Piero both have worked at other restaurants. Uh, Piero was at Via Farina before. These folks have are bringing experience to their brick and mortar. And since it sounds like I'm towards the the summary we need to get into the preface and the chapters well Dave, of we're food. having dessert first is what's happening here so we've we've done pasta once and i remember some of it and i would like to learn more however i would like this experience again mm -hmm. because i just want to listen to chef Katrina talk about food yeah, some more a lot in of detail passion. the the amount of thought that both uh Pierre yes. and Wendy put into what they are doing yes is incredible it is it is manifold the the amount it's of Valde even indeed yeah everything is at once complex and simple see we're doing yes. this we're doing the summary at the front again but the the restaurant itself it's casual and fancy yeah. it's it's fine it's dining and but, dine in yeah it's dry it's <laughs> fine dining you can get from a drive-through uh -huh. and even just the noodles on their own we'll talk about the dishes as a whole but even just the noodles on their own are an interesting 
textural and flavor yeah. experience. French patissier in a drive-thru, anyone? Mm-hmm. Okay. In touching on the breakfast sandwiches, I don't, I don't have Let's those start in, with my, uh, in my notes in detail. We can probably gloss over them a little bit, despite the fact that they are the thing I have had the most. But darn it. I can get my my meatball sandwich, my smoked chili burrito, my short rib sandwich, and a couple of petty fours with a half decent latte <laughs> in the morning. Like you can't do all of those things. This is a gem, and and the thing is, it is a hidden gem because it is way out there in the Cherry Hills, off of the Irvington exit, off the interstate in Omaha, Nebraska, and it's really kind of tucked away by itself. It is not on a, a main street, and then here's this place, like you said, you can get all these things via your car window, or of course dining in. So that's that's wild. Our episode here is definitely focused on their pasta dinner menu, but I'm glad that TJ brought up breakfast because it's a really important thing. The breakfast sandwiches, I think, are probably the first thing that I ever had from WD and through that drive-through, and they usually have three of them. They have the uh, chicken, they have the short rib breakfast sandwich, which is my favorite, and I believe there's a third one. Is it a meatball? There's a meatball, and so... Recent changes that may not be forever changes. It may just have been the last time I went, but it yeah. was effectively the full menu oh, uh, last time. Like they breakfast? usually have the the chalkboard written up. Uh-huh. Well, okay, I, I'm guessing I can't get the cheese wheel that time of the morning. Sure. And we'll talk sure, more sure, about sure, that sure. in a bit. But the the full list of of breakfast items just off the menu. Normally, uh-huh. uh, there's the chalkboard with the the sandwiches of yeah. the day kind of thing. Uh-huh. The chalkboard was not there. It was order off the menu and. Okay. Order off the menu I did and got quite a few things the last time I was in, uh, in oh, for breakfast hello. just to try some of the things I missed. And I'm scrolling through the online menu now, and I'm still missing things. The big takeaway is the short rib sandwich or the meatball sandwich or the those kind of things. short rib sandwich. I do need to summarize the short rib breakfast sandwich before we start talking about dinner stuff too. But ingredients on your short rib breakfast sandwich are egg, so it does have egg on there, but it really kind of becomes Yeah, but they're almost they're almost creamy and fluffy. I know. Exactly. And that's what I was gonna say is you almost end up with kind of this collective sauce over the short ribs. So egg fontina cheese sauce and an English muffin, and of course short rib. And I don't know where else you're getting a short rib breakfast sandwich through a drive-thru, but here's the thing is that this sandwich is so satisfying. It is so delicious. Although a word of warning to you, the driver, going through the drive-thru window and getting yourself a short rib breakfast sandwich, you might want to park with some napkins for this little beastie. The cheese sauce and everything that's there, I find it uh, napkin-worthy. So it is savory, slightly towards the, the messy side of things in the most delicious way. The chicken tinga burrito is I haven't had delicious it. with that little bit of pesto cream what? in there, so it's a little bit herbaceous. Aww. And that, because it is uh, tends to be packed rather full, yep. that one despite being a burrito, may also try and escape on you a little bit. And again, has that that delicious dinner yes. feel while mm. still having flavors that are appropriate to breakfast. I think that's your, for those who are looking for a, a more hearty, interesting breakfast that still yeah. feels like breakfast, uh-huh. this might actually be your, your choice would be the chicken tinga. I, I was surprised wow. at how much I liked it. Wonderful. Chefs make this stuff, and it could not be more clear despite the fact that it is pretty fast and very comfortable and casual yeah that's yeah definitely chef driven and speaking of tasty things should we traverse to the land of pasta of which we got many Uh, i believe that that is a land i enjoy occupying recently more so perhaps than ever Wow. Okay. The land of pasta is excellent. Many shapes, sizes, textures, etc. And uh, of course, we're talking about lots of in-house made pasta from from an expert. Uh, Chef Cotrina has been at many different restaurants, certainly has a passion for pasta, as we learned when we were learning from him, making pasta by hand. And his approach to feel and you know understanding the moisture content of the pasta dough making sure that it rests properly making sure that uh, there's there's care and that really does come out on the plate i think i'm going to start with uh, the mac and cheese tj it sounds simple doesn't it just mac and cheese but 
this particular dish is much more than that. Well, first of all, you've got a shell pasta in here, which I think is kind of fun. I always like how a, uh, a shell pasta can trap some cheese within the pasta itself. But uh, you have a delicious cheese sauce on here. It's smooth and creamy, which I like. It has been, I think, well-documented that I like a creamy mac and cheese versus uh, kind of more of that baked stiff style. That's just my preference. But this also has mushrooms and peppers in it. So first of all, I like a base mac and cheese. And you might say, ah, that's you know the childhood favorite. Yes, and I love that. I love that very much. But this sort of takes it to a little bit of a different elevation in that it's adding extra notes to the song, if you will, and adding those mushrooms and peppers in there, giving it a little bit of uh, extra depth. It's got a, a smoky and creamy essence to it. And I'm going to say a Chef Piero Cotrina signature acidic pop. Now, Chef Cotrina is from Peru. And quite often in his dishes and when we were making pasta with him, he likes to take a squeeze of lemon and put that over the dish for a little bit of acid, a little bit of complexity. And I believe I recall him saying once that uh, sometimes when he was at other restaurants, you know, the uh, executive chef or somebody would try to come over and just stop him from, you know, because that's, that's what he wants to do. And, but this is his place and Wendy Delgado's place and they can do what they want. And I like that this is his food. And when you taste this, yes, it's a mac and cheese. You have what is at once familiar, nice cheese sauce and a shape you're familiar with, some, you know, little shells. But then it just adds those different threads and different color combinations in a food form to that dish. And I just find it delicious. You also get, uh, with many of the pasta dishes, a side of delicious focaccia toast. Focaccia's delicious, then you toast it and you've got butter on there, so you've got a great combo there. And you can grab a, a slice of that to kind of intersperse with your meal. And the mac and cheese also comes with fried chicken on it. Now, the fried chicken here is more what you might experience on the chicken parmesan, which we'll be able to touch on here in a minute. But in this case, like a breaded chicken cutlet with a thin yet excellent crunchy texture on the chicken itself, and then it's sliced into strips. And so you sort of have not quite a full slice all the way through, and I don't mean that in the vertical sense, but more in the horizontal sense, so that the edges of the fried chicken are connected at the very, very end, but you have these individual pieces, and I, I do believe I got two kind of flanks of chicken, if you will, on this pasta, and so you have the crunch of the breading, the chicken inside is very thin, and then you can mix up that crunch with the saucy cheesiness of the noodles, mushrooms, and pepper mixed in, or you can even add some crunch from that focaccia toast, or maybe kind of drag that through your, your cheese sauce, and I know TJ, with one of his dishes, may have expunged the remaining sauce on a not the cheese sauce, but a different sauce we'll talk about, uh, from the bowl there. So Yes, I yeah. used my uh, uh, standard issue uh, side of two fingers of super rich Italian naan to soak <laughs> up the sauce. Bread napkin, I, I think is maybe how that goes. Yeah, uh, but bread it's, sponge. it's the, I, I think uh, bread napkin was originally used uh, on this show. For cleaning? Well, for, for sauce bread. For oh. I gave you a slice of maybe kind of okay sliced bread so you can dab up your rib sauce. I believe these are uh, a little too good for sauce napkin and kind of mm. too rich for sauce napkin yeah. because they are more of a sauce scooping conveyance. Ooh, very um, nice. Whereas a, a bread napkin soaks it up. This is oh, too rich. This is this is uh, repels other layers of stuff. What with the butter? Butter and its its Maillardness. Yes, you're right. There is a protective exterior on the focaccia toast, which it might take a while for things to soak in. So you're right. Maybe maybe more of a bread a bread scoop. I'm glad you touched on the the richness as well, and and we can talk about this throughout. But the portion size here is very decent. The pasta dishes, and you're again, you're talking a house-made pasta here with all sorts of stuff. They run in, in the teens is where your uh, pasta price point persists, but there is something 
deeply satisfying about a single bowl of this pasta. And it, there are some rich ingredients here. And man, a lot of folks may hit halfway on the pasta and start to feel kind of kind of full. Yeah, it'll it'll slow you down. I mean, we we here on Saturday Omaha even when we had I would say quite good eating habits when when we were originally doing this, that's how we got Saturday. We were eating very little during the week, right? And then that one day Saturday we would eat a whole heck of a lot. Uh-huh. So we we have become trained professionals true. on consuming a whole heck of a lot of food in one sitting. Yes. In almost a don't try this at home kind of way. True. Most places we go to, we do a Saturday episode and we need to know about multiple things. So if it's a single visit, we're probably ordering multiple entrees. True. I keep trying. This is like my second or third attempt now to order more than one entree at WD Cravings. I do not ever, ever get through the second entree. I can eat maybe half of each. Mm-hmm. I, I can eat one and kind of peck at the other a little bit. But here's the thing. From TJ's perspective, most places that you are, I, I know I went on that that soliloquy about pasta and, and talked about how satisfying it is when you know the language. Most places are doing it from a box, and that is fine. Yeah, it's good, too. Uh, yeah, factory-made pasta. I mean, you dry it on purpose. Uh-huh. It's good that nothing way. There's wrong nothing with wrong with shipped-in pasta. For sure. However, your average and even your well-above-average boxed or bagged pasta is not this satisfying and not this filling. For TJ, pasta is not food. It is a conveyance for food. It is just a thing that is pleasantly textured to carry the meat and the sauce and all that stuff into my face. The WD Cravings pasta is absolutely food, and there is no denying that in addition to how satisfying the texture, and we're going to be talking about texture all dang episode we are because there's a lot to be said there. Mm -hmm. But in addition to how satisfying the texture is, the taste is highly pleasant. It is. It's egg and flour. It's a bready pasta y item. There's mm-hmm. a touch more richness, I would say, in the flavor than most. That egg yolk in there, very likely. Mm-hmm. And, and that may depend on the shape, too, because I'm not sure if there's egg yolk in all of them, right. but that does so add a richness to it. It's it's nice in that regard, but man, above all else, it is shockingly filling. It is you, <laughs> you have a bowl of pasta and you are done. TJ, the two to three entree person, has one serving, one entree from WD, and even if it's relatively light on the sauce, if it is mostly pasta with just enough sauce to give it some mm-hmm. flavor, I am still done. Uh, the mac and cheese. It was delicious. Shells, cheese, peppers, mushrooms, chicken, balance, tasty, teach. What's next? Well, Dave, I'll tell you what's next. The mac and cheese is next. What? You stole my closer. Oh. And now I'm stealing your thunder by talking about the third entree I got. (laughs) So I told you, one entree is enough. I bought two because I wanted to have two things. I could not resist ordering another thing we will talk about specifically. It's almost the thing and. Oh, my. Because it's it's that kind of good. Uh Uh-huh. And I did did a build your own pasta. So I had these three things, and I knew for certain. I thought I might get through like one and a half, maybe. I did not get through one and a half. I thought I might get through one and a half. So the third thing came to me in a takeout container because that's how I asked for it. That's right. I got the mac and cheese as a third entree that I knew I wasn't going to touch at all, but I hadn't tried the mac and cheese before. So takeout container for that. Yes. And took it home. Yes, which I do appreciate because we ate in uh, at this last meal here, and we had all our wonderful hot, fresh entrees at the table, and I appreciate that Chef Wendy Delgado got your to-go stuff way late in the meal so that it would go home hot and fresh as possible, which I appreciate. Would you look at that thoughtful preparation Mm -hmm. in all things? Yes, indeed. So we're going to talk about the mac and cheese, Dave, but I had a different mac and cheese than you did. It's oh. the same mac and cheese, oh. but in a bowl uh-huh. that then traveled home Yes, and sat in the fridge Oh, and then was put in the microwave. Oh? Yes. What happened? I don't know how you break this food. 
It's still I good? I have no idea. <laughs> I've taken it home, and I know, like, uh, Chef Katrina uh, sauces a little bit more heavily. Which because I the love. pasta will absorb the sauce on the way home. Sure. And you don't want weird, fluffy pasta with no sauce. Right. So they, they, we, we fix that problem with preparation. So the drive through fine dining cuisine actually works in the drive through and will survive the trip home. But I thought something would go wrong with this. So the, the sauce is broken. And what I, what I get out of that is if you've made a, a homemade Alfredo sauce, you know, it lasts as long as you keep it warm. And I don't mean with a flame under it. I mean, the best thing for your homemade Alfredo sauce is a thermos, a vacuum flask, mm. a terrine, an insulated terrine, something care, to keep it warm. I carry a cheese flask yeah. on my hip at all times. Absolutely. And as soon as you try and warm it back up, most of them will break or change texture. They're, they are not going to be the same. If it's a real, proper, fresh cheese sauce, it's nearly impossible. So my sauce breaks. And now I have a slightly gritty texture, which is what happens because the, the proteins over here, the, the liquid elements, the oil from the cheese, whatever butter you have in there, all that stuff are now separate things. Mm -hmm. Your and, emulsion is gone. Yes. And the flavor is similar, uh -huh. but now the elements are separate. So I have that slight grittiness and those are, and, and it's still not gritty because it's still cheese it, it's it's gritty yeah. in the same way like a, a granulated parmesan is when it melts sure so i have that as its own thing now and it's got the salt and the savory and then both have a little bit of nuttiness to them both both the uh, the liquid side the butteriness and the solid side so i have i have this buttery and nutty and cheesy richness over here and i have this uh, salty pop uh -huh. of savory cheesy with a little bit of that nuttiness over there uh-huh and it's crazy good this way and still <laughs> somehow after the sauce breaks it's still distributed evenly enough there's a little bit more of that buttery oily goodness in the bottom of the bowl than there is on the rest of it but it's still distributed pretty darn evenly it still looks good like even the presentation is wow. still nice while i'm going through it so so that's that's my first thing is that curious cheese sauce combo where somehow the the two parts are as good as the whole somehow it's been said right you start with really good ingredients and <laughs> even if your sauce breaks it's still good apparently okay so i've got that going for me and then we start to get into it now the chicken yes um you mentioned the the style of the chicken it is a little bit thinner mm -hmm. i i I'm going to go should actually, Yeah, I should actually ask if it is a, a pounded and then breaded preparation. I would suspect so. I'm guessing because I think it's very similar to the chicken parmesan. And as, you know, restaurant prep would go, if you're making one style of chicken, one for your parmesan happens to have cheese and sauce on it, and the other one for the fried chicken is literally fried chicken. So you got a couple of, as you put it, uh, uh, flanks. Of chicken, where they're yes. not quite cut all the way through. Uh -huh. Mine were almost sprinkled like one would do with, uh, we mentioned the tortilla strips oh, earlier. Oh, interesting. If you were making yourself like a bean dip, you know, you sprinkle a few strips on top. Yeah, yeah. That was kind of the effect. You oh. got flanks of chicken. I got a phalanx of chicken. There was quite <laughs> a bit of uh, cohesively united together. Yes. Uh, but still but moving forward in the same yeah, direction. Individual separated strips of phalanx chicken. So I'm getting bits. Of, I had to say phalanx of chicken. On top of my cheese sauce and... It's kind of chicken just like mom used to make. And this is this is a, this is a private moment between hosts here, oh, Dave. hello, yes. You remember when mom would do, uh, do breaded chicken, chicken cutlets and, and pan fry them? Mm. And again, the chicken itself tastes yes. like modern chicken. It's okay. Yes. yes. But it is a vehicle yes. for the Maillard oh. of the breading. Yes. That tasty brown certain something, the gold. This Wait. Of the chicken cutlet breading yesterday. Can you and I both say Maillard at the same time? Because I think that might convey how good the Maillard reaction is. Like on a like a three, two, one, Maillard. Oh, that was nice and golden. Okay. You have that golden Maillard on top of this. <laughs> and the chicken is conveying that wonderful, tasty flavor that is uh, at once simple and reassuring and complex, which really, when you're looking at mac and cheese, despite the fact that this is very different from, you know, your average, it is famously a comfort food. Yes. So this brought that across to me strongly and frankly is delicious, especially as a counterpoint 
to that rich, salty, still somewhat creamy cheese sauce oh, yeah. on there. Mm-hmm. And I'm enjoying the ever-loving stuffing out of this. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely wonderful. And I get a few forkfuls in, and then I strike the bottom of the bowl. Oh, tink. Well, Dave, this is a takeout item. Yeah. So it's had time to sit in the bowl in the uh, car. Okay. Shake around on the drive. Yeah. And, and kind of settle. And we actually took a couple of detours uh, related to this, so it has quite a bit of time yeah. in the car. Yeah, and we did not use your uh, gyroscopically balanced takeout device for this. So, okay, well, so a little it's my fault for forgetting to bring it in the, <sighs> Again. Uh, the insulated heating bag. Yes, but, the vacuum sealed one. Mm-hmm. Correct. So it, it had time for the ingredients to settle to the bottom. So, well, there is a small amount of green pepper, or it might be red pepper, actually. I, I didn't notice a color. I just noticed the bell flavor. flavor. Sure. Um, there is some of that throughout. But the mushrooms, yeah, the the sliced in little tiny thin strips, uh-huh. uh, mushrooms had all settled to little. the bottom. Here's the chicken. Here's the cheese sauce. Uh-huh. Oh, this is really good. I'm really enjoying this. I am shocked at how good this is microwaved. And then I get to the bottom and I hit the mushrooms. Yeah, and that's a whole other experience. Yes, um, a hint of childhood struck me. Oh, I have always had trouble defining in La Casa Pizza <gasps> what I like about. La Casa Pizza in my memory. And there's a certain uh, sort of almost sweet, lightly brassy, as as a bell pepper would be, but not that same kind. of Just just mm-hmm. a hint of brassiness to it and a deep umami unctuousness. Ooh. It's one of the most amazing things I've ever eaten. My microwave takeout drive through <laughs> food is one of the most, it, it, it was perfect. And, you know, your mileage may vary. Your memory's uh, taste is, is highly subjective. Sure. But this was incredible and delicious and wonderful and one of the best food experiences I have had in, wow. in recent memory. Wow. Well, and that's why it was my closer and why I just stole your thunder, I think, <laughs> on your mac and cheese review because... We just did like half a show on mac and cheese. I mean, if it was that good, then, you know, let the time dictate the deliciousness of the dish. And of course, since we just got done talking about a whole bunch of chicken and pasta and cheese sauce, that naturally leads me into talking about the brisket rice bowl, TJ. At the fancy Italian restaurant? That's the brisket rice the bowl? The brisket rice bowl. So that serves fancy things at breakfast Well, and at dinner? And... and that's In a comfortable, casual place? Yes. That's also fancy? Yes. Right. The brisket I'm confused. Bowl. Right? Tell me about the brisket rice bowl. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're really confused, you can just go to the case and get an apple pie, a cannoli, or possibly, you know, a tiramisu if they have that going. I, I, I didn't see that there. I did see the cannoli and the apple pie and small, uh, tiny cakes. But oh, I, I know you saw that apple pie. I watched you try and fight the urge to go get a delicious tiny apple pie I, the entire meal. I don't think I could have fit it in next to the pasta, but let's, let's talk about the brisket rice bowl. So... Again, an unexpected thing. I honestly didn't even know this was on the menu. This is one I was looking at the menu and I was like, uh, what? So rice, obviously, because because it's a rice bowl. The peppers and mushrooms are are back in this rice bowl with the addition of some sliced cabbage in here. But here's what kind of takes it again to the next level. There's a little starch on this starch but crispy starch because you have the rice and then you have some crispy home fried, perfectly salted potatoes to go with this rice and small chopped pieces of brisket. And here's the kicker. There is a nice runny fried egg sitting on top. So I've got my rice, I've got my brisket pieces, mushrooms, peppers, cabbage, topped with a fried egg. And You may recall, or you may not, but that's okay, TJ. When I went in there, and I'm about to hit the fork on the top of the egg, and I'm like, man, I hope this thing breaks open and gives me some nice egg yolk on my dish. Oh, yes, it did. So now I have the egg yolk acting as the sauce for my rice and potatoes and brisket and cabbage, and this is wild. Oh, see, Dave, I was entirely unaware of your inner monologue, which uh, we've been brothers for some time. So That's true. I'm frequently aware of your internal monologue, but I didn't hear it this time. Mm. What I did hear was Dave puts his fork on egg. Dave breaks egg. Uh-huh. Egg yolk blooms into tasty yes. uh, egg yolky yes. saucy goodness. And Dave says, I believe exactly, yes, chef. Ah, 
there's the sauce. <laughs> I, you may not be wrong there. Uh, and this was such a great mix. And I guess I sort of expected a riff on a like a Korean rice bowl, you know, because I've got I've got beef, I've got cabbage, I've got, you know, all these things in here and rice, etc. But no, and, and there isn't a a sweet sauce or hoisin sauce or gochujang or gochujaro or anything like there's there's not Korean flavors happening. This is a at once a straightforward ingredient bowl, but because of that egg yolk, mixing it together becomes a dish. And the home fried potatoes are perfectly crisp. The brisket is a smaller dice, which works well for this bowl because the veggies, the brisket, the rice, the potatoes are all of similar size. I think everything could fit on a teaspoon easily, uh, probably two pieces of brisket on a teaspoon, one home fried potato. But you can get a mix of ingredients too, and you can kind of throttle how you want your flavors to happen. If you want a little brisket with rice, a little brisket with rice, veggies, you want to pick up a potato with rice, veggies, and brisket, and sauce, and make it all happen. And this was an unexpected delight here, simply because maybe I just know what, what to expect. I've had the pasta here numerous times, and so I know the deliciousness that I'm about to encounter. I haven't had any dishes from here with rice up until this. And because of the mix of those different things, we have said balance before. I will say it again. Balance in this bowl, uh, leaning towards the savory side of the scale, very much so with those different ingredients in there. I didn't get that uh, citrus pop, but I don't think I'd want it here. Maybe some lime. No, I, I don't think I would. I think I like the tripling down of the savory ingredients here. And I found this very, very enjoyable to eat. Would 100% eat this. If you set that on my plate, I'm eating it. And it was really that fried egg that just made it for me. Yeah, I could probably even eat it without the brisket. I'd want the brisket, but really runny fried egg and these perfect veggies and some crispy potatoes and just so many good options. And it was so so good. And I, I really enjoyed it. What else did you get, TJ? Well, Dave, I had a lot of items to uh, to decide between, even after I kind of narrowed things down. And I tried to combine two by doing a build-your-own pasta. Uh-huh. So I, I had them folda. Oh, important safety tip that we should throw out there, and you kind of said this when we were getting ready to order, is one side of the menu is like a build-your-own pasta, build-your-own rice bowl. So if you want to pick and choose your ingredients, that's available. Or as TJ was kind of getting to as we were sitting there, he's like, man, you know, this side of the menu could be challenging because there's so many options. The other side of the menu has those preset dishes like the brisket rice bowl that I got or the mac and cheese are ready to go for you. But I wound up trying to combine two of the preset things into a build-your-own-pasta with white sauce mafalda, mushrooms, oh goodness, the mushrooms, mm -hmm. pesto, and meatball. Because I, I kind of wanted pesto, and I think I was trying to combine, like, oh, the, the pesto parmigiana, come ah, to think of it. okay, yeah, because that's a dish that's available, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I wanted I wanted something a little uh, uh, cheesy and pesto-y, and, and I Ooh. combined these things, and wound up with something pretty good that we'll go over... Uh, fairly quickly, because the Mafalda is my standout for so doing this, good. and we will talk about that in my next dish, and I believe your next dish as well. The white sauce is, is a good base white sauce. It's the same uh, same as on the mac and cheese, I do believe, because they both feature white sauce. Uh, well, you know, as I'm adding white sauce, but the mac and cheese specifically says sure. white sauce. The Mafalda, again, we'll go over later. My surprise on this are two things. One, the pesto which is Ooh, yeah. rather powerful and flavorful. Uh, so there was just a little dollop. Uh, it was an add-on actually under the I vegetable section. It. Oh, okay. And just a little dollop on top. And I thought, oh, I wanted more pesto than this. It's not really going to cover the whole thing. Oh, it's pretty strong. Uh, you spread ah. it out along your noodles. Or in the case of these long Mafalda noodles, you just kind of have one end on your fork. Uh -huh. And the other end on the other side of the pesto and uh -huh. start twirling. <laughs> like, I, like I'd get just a little tiny bit of it along the edge. And yeah. that was enough of that tasty, basil-y richness mm -hmm. to flavor the whole thing as wow. desired. Okay. So it is... Uh, Chef knew what I, they were doing. I, I suppose eat before you judge. There you um, go. Because, yeah. again, I, I thought there uh, there should be more. No, that really was about the perfect amount. And it's a, it's a nice pesto. It's just very 
surprisingly strong. Again, the amount was correct. Perfect. So there and the uh, the meatball. I like the meatball on the breakfast sandwich. Okay. That said, and yes. I like chefs so much. I don't even want to say that something was, you know, middling ever. But these are these are not my favorite meatball of all time. Okay. I, I feel have there's preferences. Yeah, I feel there's more uh, red pepper in here, which uh, that could be partially from from chef's own twist and influences. You could argue that's more Sicilian. I think they use a lot of red pepper, hmm. um, but it's definitely a more spicy meatball in terms of that's a spicy meatball. It's more of a spicy meatball in terms of the heat. Okay. And as well as I, I notice uh, more of a spice mix going into ah, it. I see. Um, I like my my Italian meatball a little bit more mild. And this is very dense, not unpleasantly so. Mm-hmm. But my preferred style, and now I can say it because it's in the the secret annals of history. Yes. Uh, the way Malara's used to do them, oh, where it's a very in peace Malara's, yeah, very large, uh, at once satisfyingly meaty, but also kind of light, almost. Sure. I've said fluffy disparagingly of a number of kinds of meat. This is a, a delicious way to do it. Yeah, you don't. You, you so like I, your meatballs fluffy, but not your burgers. Yeah, very much. Then it's a meatball. Yeah, very much. <laughs> yes, correct. Uh-huh. I, I suppose yeah. I hadn't really put two and two together in my own head on that one before, but correct. Here I don't like you. a meatball for my burger. I like a meatball for my meatball. There you go. In this case, it is still a meatball, uh-huh. but it's it's a little bit more dense than I usually like them. Okay, still decent, but. Uh, Probably not the thing I would choose as my protein on most of the pasta going forward. I see. I it, For me, it goes on the breakfast sandwich. Okay. For, for those ordering, be aware that it is a, a more spiced, uh, both in terms of the actual spices and in terms of the heat meatball. So if you want that kind of things, by all means. Uh, if not... I'd say probably go with the fried chicken, which is delicious and should be put on everything ever. So with that, then, I was going to say there's like there's an important special thing that I need to talk about because it's unique and it is and it is important. But so are all of these other things that we've been talking about. I mean, we've moved from, you know, the short rib breakfast sandwich. We've talked about a rice bowl. We've talked about a mac and cheese. We didn't really dig into the desserts. Try the chocolate peanut cake. It's delicious. But this is another unique thing to WD Cravings in this area anyway, and that is the cheese wheel. TJ, on the preparation counter there where things are happening is a gigantic wheel of Grana Padano cheese, and it's a delicious parm. And what they do is they take like a chisel and a hammer or some such and knock the top off of this large wheel of cheese. And then when you order the cheese wheel, they get really hot pasta. This, I believe, still has a little bit of that nice starchy water when you cook pasta. And they throw it in the wheel of cheese and then mix it around and the heat and liquid turn that Grana Padano cheese into a sauce and are thoroughly saucing your pasta. And this is a very unique thing for the the Omaha area. Uh, I know of one other place in Nebraska that you can get it. And really, it's just kind of a neat thing, period. First of all, you have high quality pasta, you have high quality cheese, and then you can top that with your choice of protein. Our dining guest that was with us, actually the We'll say the voice of Fatterday Omaha, as she has been often referred to, got this with the chicken parmesan. We have talked about the chicken before, but of course now you have a yes, uh, red sauce on here. And uh, thankfully I was able to snag a bite of this, and this was not the first time I have had the cheese wheel. Good garlic flavor on there. But I'll tell you, I think that this would be good to go, but you got to do this dine-in so you can watch them take this pasta and swirl it around this giant, I don't know, 20 some odd inch diameter wheel of cheese and just make that super duper sauce and then top it with your choice of protein. It is at once a showpiece and also a brilliant culinary creation for your plate. And it's delicious and you get to pick that protein. I have had it with the meatballs. I like the meatballs here. I think the uh, extra little bit of uh, peppery goodness 
within the meatballs because the cheese in this case you have that that pasta cheese making it happen within there is a good cohort a good uh, counterpoint to the beefiness and you know more highly peppered meatball good contrast and flavors and makes a balanced dish when combining those things together this is cool this is unique this is awesome you gotta see it and you gotta try it it is really really good tj you got one more dish that i had a really really hard time not ordering because it might be my most favorite thing on the menu because it's so good and i'm not gonna say it because you're gonna talk about it so tj what is that last thing that i love so much that i did not order and you did you know the weird truth on this one dave i'm gonna say its name yeah and i'm gonna say a little bit about it Uh uh-huh and then i think i'm gonna pass it over to you because i love this okay I had it uh, as a, a drive-through offering, and then because uh-huh, uh-huh. I tried to do two entrees the first time I you ordered tried. this, and this was my second one, yes. I did not get very far into it, uh-huh. um, and I kind of expected it more with this, but as with the macaroni and cheese, which I did not expect this with, delicious, it kind of improves with time, which is almost the point of the sauce in this case, mm. the, the low and slow uh, grouping of flavors. Mm-hmm. Dave... I had the beef bolognese, mm-hmm. a deeply savory, certainly rich sauce. The deepest depths of flavor sauce. You know, I wouldn't even go that far myself. Oh, I would. It was it's, delicious. It's very tasty. There's a, a depth to a, a long simmered, very tomato heavy sauce uh-huh. that I, I think uh, almost feels deeper to me, but it's a, a brownish, not quite mahogany mm-hmm. uh, kind of color. It's highly rich. This is lovely and savory. This time through, mm-hmm. um, I got more of the pasta than the sauce, which I think is partially from that lack of toss uh-huh. um, and partially from presentation or or somewhat literally vehicle uh-huh. because I had it in a, a big... Uh, uh, a wider, not, shallower bowl than a, the take Yeah, a wider, shallower yeah. bowl when uh-huh. served to me on the plate, whereas in the drive-through preparation. A squat deep bowl. Yes. yes. Well, it's not a squat deep bowl. It can't be both. I know. So um, it's a, 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 a deep, a, smaller diameter bowl. Yes, a smaller yes. diameter and a deeper bowl with that pasta really packed in there so it's right up next to the sauce and kind of sitting yeah, in it and on true. the way home. It almost marinates. If you are doing the drive-through thing, it's so good eat in. But I think if you're doing the drive-through thing, this is your best bet because... It's a low and slow, you know, slow simmer kind of forever sauce to begin with. Uh So the amount of time that it sits and has a chance to marry with those noodles, which do still stay firm and delicious Mm -hmm. by the time you get them home or even on reheating, they're still good that way. They have time to kind of marry and meld together. Mm -hmm. And that works very well there. Briefly, once more. On the Mafalda pasta. Yes, please. Delicious. The, oh, delicious isn't right because I'm describing texture. Uh, a wonderful, oh, I'm going to use this phrase. Okay. I'm going to make people slightly angry. A small oh, percentage no. of people slightly angry. Right in the mic and say, mouthfeel. It has an excellent mouthfeel. That that ripply texture on the side, you know, smooth and flat in the middle. I... I Tried to find the laminations and did not notice them in this. I believe it to be uh, kind of an extruded pasta. So more more of a smooth feel when you bite down on it, even when it's al dente. And also, it's possible I'm also distracted by the the ripples in it because there's certainly a yeah, more... Extra texture element. Yeah, they, they assert themselves as a textural element far more. Yeah, because the, they, they, are, they are tiny, less wide lasagna noodles. Yes. Yeah. And the... The length of noodle is important to me, regardless of region of cuisine. I mean, I do like me some masticcioli or what have you every now and again, uh-huh. um, some some farfalle or whatever you got. Yeah, but really long noodles. So when I bite into them, the the grouping of noodles, yeah, the layers the, around my yes. fork, yeah, you, are important. You get a third like textural layer element because, like you said, with the with the with the handmade pasta. You know, you have some multiple layers. We talked about that in the pasta that you and I made with uh, Chef. But in this case, right, you've got ripples on the pasta. Then you you have a, a tangle on your fork 
of these noodles and you you know go get and then layers and space in between and it's an enjoyable bite you know i was trying not to i i even made sure to be fully honest on those the meatballs not being my favorite meatballs because i didn't want to make this a love fest but dang it it's a love fest it (laughs) it really is i have no other way to do it with this at once simple and casual and also complex and deep food yep this is it's just something kind of special it really is it's just it's a nice place to be and i think uh your takeaways will probably be different than mine. There are enough elements here that anyone within the sound of my voice can go in and I think leave happy and and satisfied, but possibly for completely different reasons than I'm thinking. That's a good call. And I think just about every dish, I mean, you and I have different takeaways from just about everything we've discussed. We, We meet up on a number of things, but there are so many little elements, little little nuances and things to pick up on. And depending on your mindset on the day, harmonics, if you will, depending on your mindset on the day, when you're eating in, for instance, even the ambiance of the restaurant to your, your brain, your perception mm-hmm. will make it more fancy or more casual, depending on where your head is at that day. That uh, that balance yeah. knob, your your little left right on your little on fader your stereo, front to back too. He said, proving his age. Um, your your balance knob on your stereo, whether whether or not it's turned more towards fancy or more towards mm-hmm. casual, is strongly going to depend on the day. Because there's enough there, you'll you will have takeaways that that suit you, like song lyrics. I love it, and that's an excellent. Summary: uh, If you were with us at the beginning of the episode, we started we started with dessert first in our description uh, because we were kind of doing the summary before we even started. But I think that's a good uh, reprise, if you will. There was was well done, TJ. And you know, y- you mentioned the depending on where you turn those knobs is where your head might go. You can sit on the patio. You can go through the drive-through. You could eat in. You could eat next to the fireplace that's sitting there, or not. You could look up at at the super secret table behind the fireplace. I see you back there. (laughs) Or you could look up at the rafters and see that there's ivy with lights uh, twined around the the rafters. And you could head over to the French patissier case and get a tiny pie, a small cake, a cake covered in chocolate and crunchy peanuts. Or you could get an Italian soda or pasta. Or a rice bowl. There's just so many things to to have here. It is a a wide menu of different things, and you can try just about anything. And like you said, you're going to enjoy yourself. I do agree, TJ. If you're going to get to go, I think the uh, the beef mafalde with the bolognese on there, I think would be the move. Uh, if you're going to eat in, cheese sauce might be the way to go. I think that cheese wheel is is definitely something to experience. With that, then, I think we will uh, wrap up the wrap-up by saying that I'm Dave. I'm TJ. And we are Fatterday Omaha. Thank you so much for your ear time listening to us. If you missed anything, please uh, check out the podcast. Uh, You can head over to FatterdayOmaha.com for buttons and links to various things that are interesting. And as we say, until we eat again, stay hungry. Our show is recorded and produced by Fatterday Omaha. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, as well as email FatterdayOmaha at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and stay hungry. Fatterday Omaha. Eat this. <laughs>